so last time we were discussing this chapter, we just began Babu Nushrah. The chapter regarding what has been mentioned about a Nushrah. And this Nushrah will be explained in this chapter. And it is basically the removal of magic that has been done to someone using certain techniques. And this chapter is going to explain regarding these techniques of removing this magic and what is allowed and what is not allowed. So firstly, we have the narration of Jabir. أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ سُؤِلَ عَنِ النُّشْرَةِ That the Prophet ﷺ was asked about this nushrah. فَقَالَ هِيَ مِنْ عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ And so the Prophet ﷺ said, It is from the actions of the shaitan. It is from the workings of the shaitan. This nushrah, these certain techniques they use to remove the magic on someone who has had magic done to them. So the Nushrah, the Nushrah, it is as Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala said, to remove the magic from the one who the magic has been done upon. And it is a type of cure, it is a type of remedy that they used to use to remove the magic from someone who magic had been done to. But in this narration, when the Prophet ﷺ was asked about this nushra, can it be used? And the Prophet ﷺ said, it is from the workings of the shaitan. The scholars they mention, as Shaykh al-Fawzan mentions here, that is because this particular type of nushra that the Prophet ﷺ was being asked about was the nushra that they used to use in jahiliyyah. The certain techniques that they used to use in Jahiliyyah. And those techniques in reality were magic themselves. Some of these techniques they used to use to remove magic, they were magic themselves. Those techniques were involved in magic themselves. And therefore the Prophet ﷺ said, No, it is from the workings of the shaitan to try to use those types of remedies which have in themselves certain types of magic to remove this other magic. So the Prophet ﷺ said, "Here, min amali shaytan. It is from the workings of the shaytan. لِأَنَّهَا سِحْرٌ." As Shaykh al-Fawzan says, because it was magic. It was magic itself. Was sihr min amali shaytan, and magic is from the workings of the shaytan. Then it's mentioned in al-Bukhari, عن قتادة قلت لابن المسيب رجل به طب. أو يؤخذ عن مرأته أيحل عنه أو ينشر قال لا بأس به إنما يريدون به الإصلاح فأما ما ينفع فلم ينهى عنه. In this narration of Imam al-Bukhari in Sahih al-Bukhari, narrated from Qatada, Qatada ibn Diama al-Sadusi, uh, one of the 
great scholars of the Tabi'een, Qatada ibn Di'amah was one of the great scholars of the Tabi'een. The Tabi'een, the generation that came after the Sahaba. So he narrates here that he said to Ibn al-Musayyib, Ibn al-Musayyib was one of the great Tabi'een, one of the well-known famous scholars of the Tabi'een, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib. So Qatada asked him, said to him, a man has magic upon him. If a man has magic upon him, because the narration says, a man has tib. Tib, here the meaning of it is sihr. At-tib, ma'anahu as-sihr. Yuqal matboob, yani mashur. So this word tib, in this narration means magic. So Qatada said to Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, a person has magic done to him. أو يؤخذ عن امرأته Or this magic has the impact upon him that he is not able to have relations with his wife as a consequence of this magic that has occurred to him. عنه أو ينشر Is it permissible to remedy this person who has this magic upon him or this nature of magic upon him? By using this nushrah, these certain types of recitations, certain types of other affairs that they used to do, this nushrah, to remove this magic. He said, La ba'sa bihi, there's no problem in it. Innama yuriduna bihi al-islah. Because they are desiring a good outcome from this. They are desiring a good outcome. Somebody's had magic done to them, some evil upon them, they want to remove that from him. So they can use these techniques and remove that magic from him. And that's what he explained. He said, إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُونَ بِهِ الْإِسْلَاحِ أي حَلُّ السِّحْرِ يُرَادُ بِهِ الْإِسْلَاحِ By removing the magic, you desire rectification. You want to rectify between the people, between the husband and the wife, etc. So it is for the purpose of rectification. And that is in opposition to those who do magic to cause corruption. So he said, they desire by this rectification, فَأَمَّا مَا يَنْفَعْ فَلَمْ يُنْهَعَنْهُ And for the one, the type of remedy which cures the magic, that benefits, it brings about the good, it removes that corruption and evil, then that has not been prohibited. So this indicates to us now, something very different to what the first narration indicated. The first narration when the Prophet ﷺ was asked about this nushra, these techniques, these recitations that they used to do to remove the magic of someone, that this is from the workings of the shaitan, it's magic itself. But in this narration, when the great tabi'i Qatada asked his shaykh Ibn al-Musayyib, he said to him, there's no problem, goodness is desired from that to remove that magic and evil upon the person, to bring about rectification. So this seems to indicate to us that there are two types of nushrah. There is one type that was in the affair of jahiliyyah, when they used to use their certain techniques which were actually magic themselves. That is the type the Prophet ﷺ was prohibiting. You can't use those techniques which are essentially magic in of themselves, from the workings of the shaitan itself, to remove other magic. But this narration is talking about, Methods that are legitimate methods. 
legitimate methods which are used to remove that magic which may have occurred to a person. And that's the fatwa that Ibn al-Musayyib was giving here. And that will be clarified further in the narrations that are coming now. We have the hadith or the narration rather where it states, رُوِيَ عَنِ الْحَسَنِ أَنَّهُ قَالْ لَا يَحُلُّ السِّحْرِ إِلَّا سَاحِرِ الحسن البصري أو ابن أبي الحسن البصري أحد أعلام التابعين one of the great scholars of the tabi'een also he said magic cannot be cured except by a magician magic cannot be cured it can't be removed except by a magician هَذَا يَتَّفِقْ مَعَ الْحَدِيثِ وَمَعَ قَوْلِ ابْنِ مُسْعُودِ وَيَخْتَلِفْ مَعَ قَوْلِ ابْنِ الْمُسَيِّبِ So this narration seems to agree with the first narration that was the narration where the Prophet ﷺ said it is not permissible, all of that is from the workings of the shaitan. And in fact we missed one of the statements of Ibn Mas'ud Ibn Mas'ud yakrahu hadha kullahu. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu used to consider all of these actions as impermissible too. This narration seems to back up that, go alongside that, that it is impermissible, it is from the workings of the shaitan. Ibn Mas'ud used to view all of that as haram. This narration seems to be backing up and in line with all of those narrations, saying that magic can't be cured except by these magicians. So these types of nushra that they use, it was suggesting that they are magic themselves. Only the magic of the magicians cures them. So you can't use that magic of the magicians to cure other magic. So what is this issue then here now? It is summarized now into two points. There are two points to note. Ibn al-Qayyim said, An-Nushra sihr al-Mas'hur wa This Nushra is to remove the magic from a person that magic has been done to him, to remove that from him. And there's two ways of doing that. Two ways of doing that. One of them is by using magic, by using more magic to remove the first magic. That is one way. To use more magic to remove the first magic. To remove the magic to cure it by using more magic. And that type is obviously from the workings of shaitan, magic. If you're going to use more magic to cure the first magic, then you've used the affair which is haram, the shayateen, magic from them. So this is impermissible and that's what the first hadith was stating. You can't use that type of magic to cure other magic. وَعَلَيْهِ يُحْمَلُ قَوْلُ الْحَسَنِ And that is what the statement of Al-Hasan al-Basri is implying. That magic can only be cured by other magic. Meaning if it's that magic you're going to use to cure the first magic, it's not allowed. So that is the type of nushra that the Prophet ﷺ said is impermissible. It is from the workings of the shaitan. When you use more magic to cure the first magic. But then Ibn al-Qayyim goes on to mention... فَيَتَقَرَّبُ النَّاشِرُ وَالْمُنْتَشِرُ إِلَى الشَّيْطَانِ بِمَا يَحِبُ That the people who do that type of nushra, where they use essentially more magic to cure the first magic, then they gain closeness to the shayateen, they desire to gain closeness to the shayateen, 
in order for that nushra to work, in order for that new magic to cure the first magic, they have to try to gain closeness to the shayateen. So this is all haram clearly. كُلٌّ مِنْهُمَا الْمَرِيضُ وَالسَّاحِرُ يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَى الشَّيْطَانِ بِمَا يُحِبُّهُ فَيَخْضَعَانِ لَهُ So the person who's ill and needs this new magic to get rid of the first magic, he needs to bring himself closer to the shayateen and listen to them and do what they tell him. The one who's going to be doing this stuff to this person who's got the magic on him, who's going to be doing this nushra, this new magic to get rid of the first magic, he will need to gain closeness to the shayateen and do what they tell him as well for this new magic to work. So that you can see is all haram impermissible. If the person doing it and the person ill, both of them need to gain closeness to the shayateen for the new magic to impact and get rid of the old magic, which was the evil, and to cure that person, then this is clearly incorrect and haram. فَيُطِيعَانِهِ فِيمَا يُرِيدُهُ مِنْهُمَا مِنَ الشِّرْكِ وَالْكُفْرِ بِاللَّهِ عَزَّ So then they will obey the shayateen and commit kufr for the shayateen to then aid them for this new magic to remove that old magic and the evil that was upon them. So this is from the haram actions. فَيُبْطِلُ الشَّيْطَانُ عَمَلُهُ عَنِ الْمَسْحُورِ So then the shayateen will nullify the initial magic that occurred. They will then do something to nullify the initial magic. لِأَنَّ السِّحْرُ مِنْ عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ Because the magic is from the actions of the shayateen in the first place. وَذَلِكَ فِي مُقَابِلْ إِفْسَادِ دِينِهِمْ وَعَقِيدَتِهِمْ فَهَذَهُ الْمَمْنُعُ And that will only occur, the shayateen will only do that. They'll come and do a new type of magic to remove the other evil magic before. If these people now submit themselves to the shayateen, they submit themselves to the shayateen, the shayateen will aid them to perform some new type of magic which will cure them from the old magic. So they'll be cured and find a solution to get rid of that old magic. But only through performing more magic. And therefore they have to submit themselves to the shayateen. That is what the Prophet ﷺ said. It is from the workings of the shayateen and you cannot do it. So that is impermissible clearly. فَلَا يَجُوزُ لِمَنْ أَصَابَهُ سِحْرًا يَذْهَبَ إِلَى سَحَرًا So the one who has been afflicted by magic, it is not permissible for him to go to magicians again. Asking more magicians to cure the old magic. It is not permissible to go to a magician and request from him to remove the initial magic that occurred to you by him doing some more magic. It is not permissible, haram. لأنه إذا ذهب إلى سحرة because if a person goes to the magicians, فإنه حين إذن يتقرب إلى الشيطان بما يحب, then that person is going to end up seeking closeness to the shayateen, submitting himself to the shayateen, kufr and shirk with the shayateen, for this new magic to work to remove the difficulty of the old magic. وَحِينَ إِذِنْ And if they do that then, submit themselves to the shayateen, يُزِيلُ الشَّيْطَانُ عَمَلَهُ عَنِ الْمَسْحُورِ Then the shaytan will remove that original magic upon or from that person where it was upon. لَكِنْ بَعْدَمَا يُفْسِدُ عَقِيدَتَهُ وَدِينَهُ But only after the shayateen have corrupted this person's aqeedah and his religion, because he's now committed shirk for this new magic to remove the old magic. فَيَخْصِرُ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ So that person loses out in this world and the hereafter. Kufr. But then there's a second type. And that is the type that Ibn Musayyib was mentioning. It's okay, it's only for rectification. He wasn't talking about doing this magic, that you can do it to remove other magic because it brings about good. He wasn't mentioning that. He was talking about this other type of nushra. Another type of remedy that can be used for magic. And that is... 
النوع الثاني من النشرة حل السحر بغير السحر مما أباحه الله عز وجل to remove magic with means that are permissible and they are not magic themselves removing magic using certain means which are permissible means and they are not magic in of themselves they are not magic themselves to permissible means to remove magic فَاللَّهُ مَا أَنزَلَ دَاءً إِلَّا أَنزَلَ لَهُ دَوَاءً Because as it is mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not revealed any disease except that He has revealed for it a cure. Except death. So every disease there is a cure. عَلِمَهُ مَنْ عَلِمَهُ وَجَهِلَهُ مَنْ جَهِلَهُ Whomsoever knows that, then they know it. And whomsoever is ignorant of that, they are ignorant of it. وَالسِّحْرْ دَاءً Magic is a disease. It is an illness. وَلَا بُدَّ أَنَّ اللَّهَ أَنزَلَ لَهُ شَفَاءً And therefore, according to that narration, no doubt there will be a cure that Allah has revealed also. A permissible halal cure for that magic. And so what is this permissible type? It is in the form of ruqya. Various forms of ruqya to remove that magic. So magic can be removed through ruqya. This is one type. This is one type of the halal nushra as you may say. Halal ways of removing magic. Through ruqya. بِأَنْ يُقْرَأْ عَلَى الْمَسْحُورِ مِنْ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ That you recite upon the one who the magic is on. Recite upon him the ayat of the Qur'an. فَتُقْرَأُ عَلَيْهِ الْفَاتِحَةِ الَّتِي هِيَ أَعْظَمُ الرُّقَى so you recite Al-Fatiha upon that person which is the greatest of the types of Ruqya to do. The Fatiha itself. And you recite upon that person the various ayat in the Qur'an that talk about magic and the nullification of magic. Those ayat in the Qur'an that talk about this issue of magic and the nullification of magic, recite those ayat upon the person. Like for example some of the ayat regarding Musa alayhi salam when Allah said to Musa alayhi salam throw your stick and it will overcome their uh, supposed magic that they are doing. These types of ayat they can be recited. These types of ayat can be recited upon the person who has magic to them so that the uh, ruqya may be effective. The ayah, for example, the shaykh gives some examples. قَالَ مُوسَى مَا جِئْتُمْ بِهِ السِّحْرِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَيُبْطِلُ That which you have come with, that which you have come with in terms of this magic, then إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَيُبْطِلُ Indeed, Allah will nullify it. So these types of ayat you recite upon the person as a means of ruqya. Recite upon the person these types of ayat talking about the nullification of magic from the verses for the ruqya. فَهَذِهِ الْآيَاتِ مِنْ سُورَةِ الْأَعْرَافِ وَمِنْ سُورَةِ يُونَسِ وَمِنْ سُورَةِ طَاهَا These verses, there's examples from Surah Al-A'raf, Surah Yunus, Surah Taha, verses that talk about magic and the nullification of magic. Then, such types of verses are to be recited upon the person who has had magic done to them. And when the person who's doing the ruqya does it, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, he must do it بِقَلْبٍ حَاضِرٍ He must be focusing. He must be focusing when he does the ruqya upon the one who the magic is on. He must be focusing وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ 
and his trust and his dependence must be completely in Allah whilst he's doing that ruqyah. And to have the good thoughts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cure. And to believe that Allah will cure this person who's ill. To have that absolute trust and belief that is required of the person doing the ruqyah. To be focused and have the trust and the belief in Allah that this person will be cured. Similarly, the person who the ruqyah is being done to, the one who the magic is on, he must have complete and utter trust in Allah also. Have the correct aqidah, hope for the cure from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not to be from the people who say that the ruqyah is being done, but they don't really have any hope, they don't really have any trust, they don't really believe this will have any impact. That is not the way. The person must have the trust in Allah, must have the complete dependence that this will be effective and Allah will cure that person. So both the person doing the ruqya and the one who the magic is on, who's having the ruqya done to him, both of them must have complete trust in Allah, have the correct aqidah, know that Allah cures when that ruqya is done. فَإِذَا حَصَلَ هَذَا So if this occurs from them, التَّوَجُّهْ إِلَى اللَّهِ Directing themselves to Allah, وَالتَّوَكُّلْ عَلَيْهِ And depending upon Him, حَصَلَتِ النَّتِيجَةِ بِلَا شَكْ وَلَا رَيْبِ Then the outcome will occur, He'll be cured. Without doubt, the Shaykh says, without doubt He'll be cured. The ones who do this properly with the correct belief, the aqidah, the trust in Allah, then that will cure. As the famous narration mentions regarding the companions, when they went to that particular area and they sought hospitality but they did not receive it and then the leader of those people was bitten by a poisonous animal one of the companions went and recited the ruqya upon him al-fatiha and he was completely cured from the poison of that poisonous bite in the narration it mentions he got up all active with energy as if he'd never been bitten by the poisonous animal so there is no doubt the great effect of ruqya that is one way the second way the second way is the second way is to recite the supplications that are mentioned from the Prophet ﷺ to protect yourself from magic. To recite the supplications which the Prophet ﷺ mentioned to recite the supplications that protect you from the magic. Examples of those are something we already mentioned before. أعوذ بكلمات الله التامات من شر ما خلق أعوذك بكلمات الله التامات من شر ما خلق That I seek refuge in Allah from in the perfect words of Allah from the evil that He has created from the evil that may harm you you seek refuge in Allah in the perfect words of Allah. So الاستعادة seeking refuge in Allah from the harmful things in another one, أعيذ بكلمات الله التامة من كل شيطان وهامة من كل عين لامة أعيذ بكلمات الله التامة التي لا يجاوزهن بر ولا فاجر That I seek refuge in the perfect words of Allah That no pious or unpious Or from the evil or anyone can surpass The words of Allah will impact upon everyone Also, بسم الله أرقيك من كل داء يؤذيك that in the name of Allah, I do ruqya upon you from every disease that may harm you. And from the evil of every uh, soul or 
envious uh, person. Allahu yashfiq, may Allah cure you. So there are various du'as, various supplications. And you will find them in, for example, the fortress of the Muslim. If you were to look in there, you would find many du'as, supplications that you can recite and a person should recite for protection, seeking protection in Allah from these evils and from the magic. So that is another way. The third way, the third way regarding protecting yourself from magic, curing magic, al-adwiyah, al-mubaha. Any other legitimate and permissible types of dua. Any other legitimate and permissible types of dua. They might not be particularly, specifically the supplications mentioned in the hadith or the sunnah, but other beneficial and appropriate du'as from the Qur'an and Sunnah generally, something which is suitable and appropriate and good, with the good meaning where you're seeking refuge in Allah, even if those words as you say them are not specifically a hadith like that, even if that isn't the case. But generally good words, seeking refuge in Allah, protection from Allah, asking Allah to cure, general good recitation of that nature, supplication of that nature, then that is something which is permissible too. The Shaykh says the people, certain people may have experience of these affairs and there may be certain du'as that they recite often which are suitable and they found them to be suitable uh, in removing the magic from a person. So these types of permissible du'as, the permissible du'as that a person makes, you don't just do them by itself. You should do ruqya from the Qur'an, ayat of the Qur'an, from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. You should do all of that as well. And then on top you can add some general du'as asking for protection and for the magic to be removed. Alongside the ayat of the Qur'an and the ahadith of the sunnah that talk about the supplications and what to recite. So when all of that is done together, all of that is done with the correct aqidah, and the trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is when the impact of this will occur. فَالْحَاصِلْ And the point therefore is, أَنَّ النُّشْرَ كَمَا ذَكَرَ إِبْنُ الْقَيِّمِ That the nushra, removing magic from a person, as Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned, there are certain types, مِنْهَا شَيْءٌ مُحَرَّمٌ Certain types that are impermissible. وَهِيَ النُّشْرَ الَّتِي كَانَتْ تُعْمَلْ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ وَهِيَ مَا يَعْمَلُهُ الصَّحَرَى and the impermissible type is what they used to do in Jahiliyyah. Essentially curing magic with magic. Asking the shayateen to remove the initial magic. Submitting yourself to the shayateen. That is impermissible. But the permissible type is, مِنْهَا شَيْءٌ مُبَاحْ وَهِيَ النُّشْرَ الشَّرْعِيَّةِ The uh, legislative type of nushra, the permissible nushra, the removal of the magic or the protection from it. And that is through these types of ruqya and the du'as from the sunnah and other permissible du'as. لَكِنْ يُشْتَرَطُ لَهَا But the condition is أَنْ يَتَوَلَّاهَا مَنْ يُوثَقُ بِعِلْمِهِ وَدِينِهِ That a person who is trusted in their knowledge and in their religion does this. لَا أَنْ يَتَوَلَّاهَا أَصْحَابِ الْمَطَالِعِ الدُّنْيَوِيَّةِ Not somebody who has worldly gains to make from that. Not somebody who's after worldly gains to do that ruqyah and get involved, but somebody you entrust from their religion and their knowledge 
أو المشعوذين الذين يفسدون عقائد الناس and not also not also from these types of sorcerers and fortune tellers and to get them involved thinking that they will be able to remove the harm or the magic from you that is not permissible to do either so when a person finds himself in that type of state then he must have the trust and dependence in Allah and he must uh, make that ruqya with the correct aqidah with the aqidah of tawheed with the aqidah and trust in Allah and with the correct belief and not to think with a, a, a negative thinking that this probably isn't going to work. If you have that type of mentality, it is incorrect. When a person does ruqya or has ruqya done to him, then you have the full trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this will occur or this will work and that you have the full aqidah and belief in the proper manner, dependence and trust in Allah. That is what's required from that ruqya when it is done. So that's what's mentioned regarding the curing of magic or the curing of this type of illness that may occur to a person. After that, the next chapter is continuing with a similar topic to what we've mentioned. Continuing with the affairs of magic, the affairs of superstitions. And the next chapter is particularly about the affairs of superstitions. The affairs of superstitions. What is allowed or what is not allowed rather? What are the affairs of superstition that are not allowed? So, Bab ma jaa The chapter regarding the omens. The omens and the superstitions. And this is basically where people used to believe that certain types of things, certain actions, certain things that they see, they are an omen for goodness or for badness. A superstition that this will be good luck and this will be bad luck. So these types of things that people they used to involve themselves in that. And in Jahiliya they used to do that. For example, one of the common things was that they would go to the tree and move the branches and if the birds flew out to the right hand side, they would say that's good luck optimism but if they fly out to the left hand side they would say bad luck stay in your homes today superstition so these are the types of things that they used to do depending on how the birds fly or depending on the sounds the birds are making they used to believe there are omens superstitions involved in that as the people now say the black cat and all of these types of things so this all the sheikh says is aqidah jahiliya this is from the aqidah of jahiliya an ignorant aqidah, a false aqidah. But innahu mawjudun fil umamil qadima. These types of superstitions and omens, the Shaykh says they used to exist, these beliefs in the old nations that went before us. Fahaulai qawmu fir'aun. The people of Fir'aun used to believe in this type of thing, omens and superstitions. The people of Fir'aun, it's mentioned, and they used to say this about Musa alayhi salam, the superstitions and the omens that they believed occurring with Musa alayhi salam. They used to think that with Musa alayhi salam, there is optimism and there is pessimism in how uh, certain things they occur. So this superstition and omens, it is something old and something which has existed in the previous nations. The Sheikh goes on to mention, Walhaq, the truth of the matter is that these evil superstitions that the people of Pharaoh had, 
whereby they used to believe that the bad luck was coming from Musa alayhi salam. They used to believe that the omens, the bad omens and the bad luck was coming from Musa alayhi salam. And the believers were with him. And this is completely false. Rather the shaykh says, Musa alayhi salam and the believers were a source of goodness. Not a source of evil and a source of badness. And they were a source of blessing. But the people at that time used to believe that there are bad omens. And there are superstitions surrounding Musa alayhi salam. So in these chapters that are coming, we will come to see the various types of superstitions they used to have. Even days, how you say now Friday the 13th as the people say. They used to have days and months in that way. Omens and superstitions about certain times of the year. They used to have it like the people now say Friday the 13th. They used to have the evil superstitions and bad omens like people now say the black cat and these things. You'll see examples coming up where they used to believe superstitions in the owls and birds. They believed if they came and sat on the roof of your house, this is a bad superstition, etc. Even to the extent it's mentioned how the shayateen, when you're out in the desert and the mirage occurs, when you're out on the desert, no water, no nothing, and you start seeing things and you see spirits and ghosts and Beastly figures coming towards your direction maybe. Hallucinations. These are mentioned in the narrations. These hallucinations people used to have when they used to go out on the desert. Hallucinating that they're seeing these beasts coming towards them etc. So this was all from their lack of trust in Allah. These omens and superstitions. But we'll go into detail and we'll begin from those next time inshallah. The superstitions and the omens and the types that they used to have. All of those details are going to be mentioned in this particular chapter. Uh, and so we'll begin with that from next session, insha'Allah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Read up in advance. Read up in advance this particular chapter regarding these omens, regarding these superstitions. And we'll start with those next time. <coughs>